0: For podcasting.
1: The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM.
0: All right, good morning everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 0106.3 on the FM dial just after ten o'clock as we get underway here uh, for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your time with Trent Condon and myself as we talk sports with you. Uh BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We promised our friend Rob Luther, the head coach and the principal at Collins Maxwell. Baxter, uh, some airtime once the Shrine Bowl uh, got close, and it's getting close after being postponed last year. Felt so bad for those kids uh, that weren't able to participate, but there's a group of seniors that, boy, I would have to think that um, what ninety percent of these kids that play in the Shrine Bowl, Trent, are putting on the pads for the last time. Oh, I wouldn't say eighty.
2: 80 Fifty, maybe you think? Oh yeah, there's so many of these guys that go on or playing in the Iowa Conference, or yeah, whatever they call the true. thing now. That mm-hmm. I, that'll be a good question for Rob, and well, one that we'll make sure that we ask. Yeah, because I would guess that number's a lot higher. I had a couple buddies that played in the Shrine Bowl way back in the day, mm-hmm. back in the late '90s, and both of them, they both went on to play collegiately. One of my friends from my graduating class walked on at Iowa. The other one played at Warburg, and you and I. So yeah, most of those guys, I would guess. I would say over half. This is not going to be their final time putting it on. Well, They'll go on at some level of football.
0: I um, we'll, we'll ask that question. So regardless of what that percentage is, we're going to talk about the Shrine Bowl. Looking forward to doing that uh, with Rob Luther. At 11.05, our friend Travis Dvorak from Wild Rose Casino will be here. A couple of reasons. You know, he's going to present me with a trophy, which I'm excited about. Yeah, look at you. And I will make sure that our friends out in the east uh, see the uh, the tweets and the photos that uh, accompany the presentation. But more importantly, we're going to pick his brand. On you know sports wagering here in the state of Iowa as Wild Rose is in partnership with both DraftKings and Bet Rivers and soon to be uh, Circa so three pretty big names to say the very least partnering up uh, with Wild Rose Travis Dvorak will be in here I'm anxious to know I mean are, are, do you think they're upside down on any. Uh, any of the golfers that are playing in the Open this week?
2: Well, I got an email, um, and I forgot to bring this up yesterday as we were talking about the Open Championship, but got an email talking a little bit about that, and this came, I believe it was from Wild Rose, if I remember correctly. But I'll find the email here, just going through some of the golfers, what they had. Brooks Kepka had the most handle that had come in through DraftKings, 10% of the handle and 6% of the bets. Then it was On John Koepka. Rom. Yeah, eight percent for him. Spieth, DJ, Justin Thompson, uh, Thomas—the guys that you'd anticipate there at the mm-hmm. top. One though that was a little surprising, at least to me. And these are just to win the Open Championship. Still at number eight though was Louis Ustazen. Mm. and people jumped aboard. Who has to board. the lead? Yes, three percent, and he was twenty-five to one at DraftKings. Three percent of the handle coming in on him. So a lot of people jumped aboard there. Certainly the best odds out of this group, uh, short of down at the bottom with Lee Westwood. Mm. Uh, the British Open is underway, as you know, a lot of guys have already finished the round. Including... I watched it Did kicking you? off, yes. Saw our our guy, Richard Bland, heat up yeah. at 1235, <laughs> wow. flipped on the Peacock app, got the free subscription to the NBC streaming service, and yeah, watched the opening guys. It's, and it's I on a the Peacock
0: shots. app? I guess I never yes. realized that.
2: Yeah, that's where, basically before the... Golf Channel coverage starts, which yeah. I think is, was it was at like 3 a.m. So is it on Peacock? Something? I guess I can look. I I downloaded that app. Oh, you did? Okay. Jump on the, the trial letter. Yeah, that's where you'd be able to watch it. And I don't know Golf Channel anymore in the past where you could just stream mm-hmm. Golf Channel very easily. But now because NBC has their own thing, if there's a golf event with ESPN connections, you know you're going to want to go there. It does make it a little more difficult having to have all these. Remember when we were sold this bill of goods? <laughs> You old guys and your DirecTV, that's going away, Uh and this is going to be great, because you're going to be able to pick and choose whatever you want. By the way, for this old guy, it didn't go away. No, no, it (laughs) still hasn't here either, and it's not going to. I rarely put my foot down in the Condon household. Mm -hmm. That is one. That is one where I say, it's part of the job. Right. To
0: have DirecTV. And it also on uh, April the 15th gets in that other column. Right. uh, That
2: write off column as well. That's very nice also. But we were told you're just going to be able to choose what you Mm -hmm. want. It's going to be great. Think of all those channels that you never watch and you do not have to pay for them. Right. Well, guess what? The channels that I do watch cost a whole lot more Mm -hmm. than the rest of those channels. That's for sure. I like the way we had it with DirecTV, and we're not going back to that level ever again. But I'm going to keep it as long as Although possible. Although
0: it was a pain in the ass last night during the storm. Yes. Trying to watch the basketball. How bad was
2: it for you guys up in Ankeny? Uh, bad.
0: Um, it wasn't as bad. First quarter. Tomorrow. First quarter was uh, banished to the basement to turn on the, the rabbit ears. And even on that, it was it was kind of going in and out. Was it? Wow. Signal was tough for, for a while. But um, uh, anyway, so we'll get to the basketball coming up. And then at 11.15, after Travis Devorak, or probably 11.20, after the folks from Wild Rose depart, um we will talk to michael swain who's in dallas cyclonealert.com we're gonna do a lot on iowa state re- recap their day yesterday look ahead uh coming up here at two eleven twenty ish i don't know if we're ready to w and l yet it is what june the july the 15th maybe we can uh try uh what's the over and under number nine and a half i saw boy there's people as you would anticipate all over that number, they think it's a complete play against, and some are absolutely mm-hmm. firing it over. We, so you're getting both ways, two-way action.
2: We had this conversation yesterday on our TV show, Inside the Numbers on Mediacom, and it's about the tweet that Chris Felica, the Bear, sent out. If you take away the top contenders, you take away mm-hmm. Alabama and Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, take those five off the board, and you got a $100 free bet. Who are you betting on? And I told you, and I think it kind of came as a surprise to you yesterday, I said Iowa State's an automatic cross-off for me. And the reason for it is not that they can't get there, because absolutely they can. The path is there for them to get to the playoff. But well, you is,
0: first of all said you would keep the $100 in your pocket. I would,
2: because right. it's going to be one of those five <laughs> teams. You're right, it is. But if you, you have to make a bet. You just have to do it. Okay, Iowa State's a cross-off. Cincinnati, who you know I like and maybe Mm -hmm. could be that dark horse to get in there. They're a cross up because, yes, they can get there. And their path is getting there, I think, is easier than some of the other teams. You want to go off the board with like a Washington of the Pac-12. Yeah, they can get there. But this is about winning a national championship. And to get there, you're going to have to be one, maybe two of those teams that we just mentioned out of that group of five. Iowa State's not doing that. They're not beating two of those teams. They're not I don't be... know if anybody is right. right. They're not beating Oklahoma and then Alabama and then Clemson. It just come on, because mm-hmm.
0: they would I have to beat Oklahoma in the, the... Big right. Twelve Championship yes. and then they have... Look, I, I it was it was a good question from Felica to generate conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you appreciate that in college football, you know, as we get closer to it, uh, so it was a good conversation starter. But the answer is there isn't a team out there that's going to knock off one of those two teams
2: it, twice. Twice. If you're going to do that, you have to go somewhere where there's a ton of talent, where the talent is elite, where they recruit at a ridiculous level year in year out. A place like Texas. You're mm-hmm. one of Sark. Everything comes together. They find their quarterback, and it all finally clicks. With that great talent that they have. A program like Florida that recruits at a top Mm -hmm. 10 level year after year after year. And won the East last year. Right. Those are the teams that you have to look at that even have, and again, we're talking about a 5% chance of doing something like that as opposed to a 0.1% mm-hmm. chance. You have to talk about those teams. There.
0: And look, Florida's won national championships. They have. This Pedigree. Century. Right, absolutely. I don't think that there is a right answer. I don't think right. that there is a team that's going to do that. Uh, but it was a good conversation starter. Just to follow up, I, I, went, I found a Pac-12 team just because the Pac-12, there wasn't, their champion wasn't listed in there. I, I don't... We did it because we we had to. Right, But yeah. you know we were killing the segment, if you will? Anyway, so let's get to the basketball from last night. And, Trent, it was... If we finally got a good game. Mm, I yes. certainly appreciate that. We did not get a good game from Chris Paul, which for those of you people that have the Suns, a decent number in this thing. You certainly didn't appreciate the fact that he... Is he tiring? Is he... I mean, he's 30, what? 37? Six. 36. Is... Is this playoff run starting to take a toll on him? Because I, I think that you can look at the numbers and see regression. Uh, look, he's still a really good player, and he had a terrible night. And it was—it was none of it uh, encapsulated his night more how bad it was than they're trailing by two. He's got the ball in his hands, and he thinks he's going to dribble through, through the team and, and tie the game. And you know, Drew Holiday had other plans. Stole the ball, and it was over at that point. But Phoenix had that game in—I don't want to say—in the bag. But if you're up the way they were, what was it, seven or eight in the fourth quarter? They were up nine. Up nine in the fourth quarter.
2: Because, as you know, I was watching very intently. Yes, you were. You and Justin Smule having mm-hmm. a
0: little. And Smool got you last night. I uh, hope you got a plan. Maybe we'll find some time for that <laughs> later to discuss. But um, and Chris Middleton down the stretch. Yes. I mean, Chris Middleton. He did. Did he score? No. Holiday scored late. Mm-hmm. But there was a period late in the basketball
2: game, that he had 10 straight points. 10 straight for the Bucks. Did you notice also late in the game what they were doing with Giannis? Giannis was doing himself, I should say. When he would go to the rim, he'd get fouled. They're trying to put him on the line. Mm-hmm. But as he's in the air, he's contorting himself. And then instead of what we normally see, guys that really have no intent of actually shooting the ball, just throwing it up there and hoping to get free throws, right. he went the other direction. He was going up for a shot, gets fouled, and then pretends like he was going to pass it yeah. and drop And he did that yeah. at least twice, maybe three he times. He doesn't want to go to the free throw line. Which is okay. That Absolutely. Is, that is headsy, though. Yes. Shaq never did anything like that. Now a different kind of player, obviously. Didn't handle the ball at uh-huh. the same level, but also a bad free throw shooter. It's those kind of things, those little nuanced things that happen in the game of basketball, that Giannis, he gets it. He understands his limitations, and he's still going to work on it. And he's seen the improvements that he has made. He is in that rarefied air. Regardless of what happens here, these final three games, he has elevated himself. I mm-hmm. understand he's a two-time MVP. Mm-hmm. He is one of the greats. But but he ele- plays in Milwaukee. He plays in Milwaukee. And there's been that knock, the playoff knock. Did they get lucky the Nets were all banged up? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Because without that, right. they're not playing I, right I, now. I, I agree. But this is still part of his legacy. He put this team here, and he has shown up in a big-time way in the finals. He goes from... Great play, regular season player. Trying, there, there was there was a lot of questions whether he's even going to be able to participate in these finals. And that's another big piece of it, too. Back to Chris Paul, though. Speaking of that, he's hurt. There's well, got to be you something You know what? We,
0: uh, somebody just sent me a text and reminded me, and, and I think he's right. Do you remember in the Clippers series when he hurt his wrist? Mm-hmm. And um, I th- I'm, sh- I'm sure it was Malik Andrews Because I asked you, we talked about this question. I brought it up in the show. I'm not sure which game it was. But he was asked after the game... You know how, how's your wrist? And his response was, "I don't know what you're talking about." You know, typical playoff stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you just wonder if there is something to that because he's a better player than he's shown, especially yesterday. I mean, Booker carried the load, right? Forty-two points, eight fouls. Um, he, he was he was really good. He should have fouled out a couple of times, but they didn't call it, and he played on. Booker was fantastic. You know, he got his forty-two points
2: without making a three. Yeah. Didn't make a three. I saw that because Smule had, I think, the over in that one, and that was one of the props that he had. So no, he had Booker over on three pointers. That's what it was. But yeah, he his ability, kind of the old school game, right? The mm-hmm. mid range game, yeah. ability to get to the rim. He's not your prototypical scorer that anymore. The Steph Curryization of the NBA, right. where it's all about the three pointers. Doesn't need to make threes to, to get his points and to do that. So speaking of Booker, the foul. Uh, one more on Chris Paul. Yeah, forty-two points, eight fouls. Did you see when he was when he was shaking the wrist and he did that twice that I saw, just kind of shaking mm-hmm. it out. That once was off an awful turnover. I mean, it reminded me a Caddyshack. Oh my arm, you know, Rodney Dangerfield, yeah, right, right. and it kind of it had that kind of feel to it. But there's something going on there. Uh-huh. Yet, Game Five, I have a feel because we had this conversation in the Lakers series and Paul was hurt and he came back and played. One of his best games of his playoff career. I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to see something he like that. He shows up him on Saturday I'd, night. I'd really so we've
0: got it. game five Saturday, game six Tuesday, mm-hmm. game seven Thursday. If Phoenix, necessary. right. Phoenix, Milwaukee, if necessary, Thursday back, back in Phoenix. I hope it's necessary. Yes. You and I will be in Vegas for game seven, <laughs> uh, which will be a pretty special experience if indeed there is mm-hmm. a game seven in this series. I don't know. I'm kind of torn, Trent. I um, I want Phoenix to win. Um, selfishly, but at the same time, I'd, there's something about Game Sevens, right? And there'll be something about Game Seven where you and I are going to watch this bad boy. We'll see. Got to we'll, win a game on the road, though. And so far, that, that nobody has. No. So um, Middleton was terrific uh, in the game yesterday. Holiday was—he struggles to shoot the ball, but he was good defensively. He was
2: really good defensively. Yep. Booker's should have been six foul.
0: He had eight fouls in the
2: game. Yes, absolutely. He did. I'm not. I'm not being facetious. He had eight fouls. That play alone, the refs. You can't swallow. He your best. did get all ball, but. His arms wrapped around the dude. Even before that, he shoved him in the back. Yes. He shoved him in the back. He came across the arm. He got a lot of ball. Uh-huh. And then he got him a second, third time, really. There was at least two,
0: well, I'll go three, yeah. because you, I think you could make the case. There were three different instances <laughs> in the same play that you could light him up and kick him out. And there was what? Three, I looked at the clock, 341, 340, something like that mm-hmm. left in the basketball game when the a guy that had been carrying uh, carrying his team should have been should have been escorted uh, to the sidelines with six fouls.
2: And when that didn't happen, I thought I was home free. And you know, they're still controlling mm-hmm. the game. I thought I was good. You needed overtime last night. I for, needed for,
0: overtime. And again, it was a Chris Paul turnover with thirty two yes. seconds left. Thirty one seconds left in the basketball game, down two. Uh, and then at that point, you knew it was over because they took the ball down the floor and bing, bang boom.
2: Giannis's block. Oh of my God.
0: Aiden. Yeah.
2: Now. You say this a lot. Latest is always the greatest. That was not better than LeBron's I don't think it was either. No, I I don't think it was either. And right away on Twitter. Oh, I know. Greatest block in NBA Finals. I'm like, it's not like we're going back to 1972 either for this great block we're talking about. We're going back less than five years ago when LeBron tracked it down and made Mm -hmm. the best defensive play in the NBA Finals that Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. That was good. That was really good last night. And the picture, worth a thousand words. But here's the thing that I, I was absolutely shocked by. You saw it, I'm sure, on Twitter a bunch of times. And after the game, it kind of started to pop up. Did you know that the crew never put it back up? Yes. Though? And I, you know what? Because I thought it was a foul initially. And that's why I wanted to see it, because I was uh, running for the Suns. Yeah. And, like, and Tara tells me to shut up as i have yelled, FOUL! <laughs> She's like, Stop! Yeah, you know what? I At the time,
0: it didn't sink in because I was so into the, you know, how are they going <laughs> to find a way to get the ball back and score and tie this thing up again. But it wasn't until this morning that I realized that they
2: didn't show this. They didn't. And it was, I'm waiting for it. I wanted to see that play. He had to be fouled because Mm -hmm. there is no way for where Giannis was defensively that you can get back in time from looking at the ball, looking for the ball, coming at you, turn around, get a clean block on an alley You just can't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. So it had to be a foul. Right. I was dead wrong. Against Dayton. <laughs> right. Dead wrong. Yeah. Because I finally saw the replay, I don't know, 20 minutes after the game is probably when I saw it on Twitter. How do you miss that? Yeah. Uh, bad night for the refs. Bad night for ESPN. Bad night for, for the, the production, truck. For the production crew. Right. Luckily, they got Why, Van, and, and, and luckily, they got Van Gundy there, though. He is so he, good. He
0: is, but how come they, they didn't ask for it? That's right. That's a good call, you too. Know?
2: You know? You got two guys there. One of those two got to ask. I hey, would think... Hit your call back button. Mm -hmm. Talk to the guys in the truck. Say, hey, we need that replay.
0: Right. Or I'd like to see that again. Yes. And that's a, you know, a tell. It was. it was we we got a game and you you have to be um, you know thankful for that because these games have not been compelling. Last night certainly was. Boy, if Portis can shoot. He's such a. I like his game, Trent. Yeah. Um, Athletic. What did he? Was he fourth overall? Where where did the Bulls take him? Oh, I that thought it range. was early, right? Yeah, that
2: sounds. like I getting him
0: confused with Pfizer? Was fourth
2: overall? Like no, he's twenty second. Was that it, late? it was Later, yeah. Okay. Um, Pretty good pick at twenty two. Yeah, look, I like his game. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh yeah,
0: and Van Gundy pointed it out there was um who was it? It was Teague that took the ball through the paint. That oh, was a hell of a play. And the fact that Portis went with him instead of ducking out to the uh, uh to the corner, um, just you know, just opened that pathway for him to make his was I think it was might have been his was it only points? I don't remember. Anyways, uh, fun game last night. Good game last night. Two two. We've got a series. We are down to best of three. We'll have to wait for, until game five until Saturday night. Kind of a dis. Uh, kind of a slow night again tonight in sports. We've got one game, Trent, but it's
2: Red Sox yanks Red Sox Yankees, huh? So- What's the fork? where is the game? Is it in Boston? It's a good question. It is in New York. Okay, six oh eight with on. the first pitch. KCCI. Do they also uh, get that broadcast connection there with eight eight after the hour, like they do with the Islanders?
0: And forecast for New York today. I do not see any rain. Well, good. we
2: got Gold Cup soccer, Ken. It's all right. You no, know, I'm
0: soccered out. You're done. Yeah, I think I'm soccered out to the Olympics.
2: Your Canadians play at six thirty. I'm in. <laughs>
0: Against Haiti. Tell me about this squad. You, you, you were said yesterday that uh, the U.S. and Canada
2: play. Yeah, they do. Here? On Sunday afternoon, right after the British Open finishes. And get right over to the yeah, Gold Cup. I'll Last will right over the to the baseball,
0: play. I think, once the, ba- once the golf's over.
2: Tonight's the matchup for the U.S. that I told you about earlier in the week. They take on Monique Martinique. Oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't know where. That. You didn't know if you'd ever heard of it. Didn't know what it was. I um, can't tell you where it is, but I, I have heard of it. It is southeast of the Dominican by like hundreds of miles. Okay. Way out in the middle of the ocean. And a big soccer a big soccer nation apparently. Well, there uh US is a big favorite here. A huge favorite. I don't think I've ever seen US soccer men's soccer this big of a favorite before. I think I saw something like minus 1400. So what
0: you're saying is you won't be betting for the regulation uh, no, draw. No,
2: no regulation draw on this one tonight. Boy, that's been good for you though. It has. I tried it last night did not hit. It was two nothing in the one that I bet yesterday with El Salvador getting the victory, but yeah, it's uh I'll probably watch that tonight. I think that'll be a part of it because, well, of course, when we go back to the U.S. Open, we had primetime golf. Mm-hmm. That will not be happening no. here with the Open. So, so what time you were up at twelve thirty? Was that first tee yeah. time? Twelve thirty-five. Yeah. yeah, and they got off on time. It was uh, Richard Bland, who before the Open would have never heard of, and mm-hmm. two other guys that I never heard of. The mm-hmm. next group, I believe, was three guys that I never heard of. This championship is so different. Handicapping it, getting ready for it trying to find these avenues because there are so many guys, not just that play strictly on the European tour that you just don't have a connection to, but there's also a lot of guys that play on the Japanese tour, and those guys also... You just don't know. They rarely come stateside, make a really good living doing that, and they're happy with it. So makes this handicapping a little different, but you just blindly bet Louis Oosthuizen anymore, right? You know what, Trent?
0: I can't believe I did this, and I just checked before the show started. I bet in the first three majors. I don't have him today. You don't? I don't have him. I don't know what I was thinking. I've been all over Oosthuizen, and for whatever reason, I, I must have brain fart. I don't know. I mean, I've got Kepka.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um Tony Finau again, uh, and, yeah. Tony Finau and Ustais and the guys I've bet every one of these majors, except I couldn't pull. You're just like Matt Rudy and
2: John Rom with your yes. Tony Finau. When it happens, yeah, you're going be, to have that. Well, I started
0: to have, wonder because I thought I'd had Ustais and I was convinced I did, but I don't. Anyways, you can live
2: bet him. Uh, Not going to get the same price. You know,
0: speaking of live betting, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and I go back to the All Star game. I bet the National League. I don't know why. I was. I had nothing to do. That's a little tricky, by the way, a little dangerous. Yes. When there's money in your account, you're bored out of your mind. <laughs>
2: Looking for something to do. Looking
0: for something to do. And you know my love of futures, etc. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've got Cincinnati. I've got the New York Islanders next year in my drunken stupor. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but I don't know why I pulled the trigger on the National League the way I did. I'm finding it much more fun to find a team that's down three runs early in a baseball game mm-hmm. or a basketball when some team gets out to a good start and they're up by a dozen, yeah. bet the dog and go for a price. Get four, five to one, and hope for a comeback, right? Because we see these not 50% of the time, but you see them a lot. I'm, fi- I'm having way more fun betting, like I say, get a decent price, um... You, you know, you, your team's coming to bat. the bat. Your team you're about to veg is coming
2: uh, it's coming up to the plate. You're down a few runs. Take a shot. That is something that, uh, talking to a guy last night that's got a, like you, future ticket on the Suns. In fact, he's got a couple of them. And we were just talking about hedging a little bit and kind of, when's the right time? Do you do it before the game last night? That's when I was uh, going back and forth with him or – Feel like you're good, and if it does get to 2-2, two, two, you're still probably going to get plus money on the buck side and go that direction. So we were talking about that, but I asked him, because I know him more as a college guy. I'm like, why do you have these kind of bets on the Suns? He made them, I think, back in January. What did he get? Do you remember? It was, I believe they were both twenty 30-1. to 1? I'd have to look, but yeah. He accidentally also got two tickets as opposed to one because <laughs> yeah. he double-clicked it. And at the time, eh, not that big deal because he said he'd made so much money during the NBA regular season to that point. I said, how? You don't watch the NBA that much. He said it's live betting. It's live betting in the NBA and with good teams. When good teams get down mm-hmm. and when they get down double digits, just pouncing blindly mm-hmm. with the Lakers. You might not even be watching the game, but you're watching that live component of it. And when that happens, jumping on the Lakers, this year the Suns, the good teams and that is how he has been incredibly profitable this year in the NBA, just doing that. Not pre-flopping, doing what right, we talked about. right? Waiting till the game actually happens.
0: I, I think that's the, the way I'm going to... I'm still going to play my futures. I always will. I've, I've had success playing them. Um, but this live betting thing is fun, doing mm-hmm. it that way. Anyways, speaking of money, it's time to go for the green on and Right now, you can win $1,000... By texting the keyword money to 200-200, that's money to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard
1: data and message rates apply in this nationwide
0: contest. Hi, right, we are going to talk about the Senior Bowl that's coming to our fine state here in the uh, weeks ahead. Uh, Michael Hensing from the Shrine Bowl and Rob Luther, who's coaching one of the squads. They're going to be in studio here when we come back. We'll uh, give them plenty of opportunity to promote this wonderful event, another category. Casualty of COVID in 2020, but it is on this year and those seniors get to participate. And I know that there's a lot of work going into by the seniors, by all of the coaching staffs. Uh, so we'll uh, devote some time to the Shrine Bowl. Travis Dvorak from Wild Rose Casino will pick his brain on uh, on sports wagering. Again, Wild Rose in partnership with DraftKings, with Bette Rivers and soon to be with Circa. And then we'll go live to Dallas, Arlington, uh, with Michael Swain from Sports, CycloneAlert.com. We're going to talk a lot of Iowa State in the final 45 or 40 minutes or thereabouts of the show. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3. State Farm is... We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. Coming up in the eleven o'clock hour, Travis Dvorak from Wild Rose Casino will join us. Uh do take a little care of a little business first of all. One of us is getting
2: a trophy. Yeah, knock it off. <laughs> uh well, you got you're two still now. in the hunt. You're still uh, in the hunt. Last night, the sun's gag the last two minutes. Just, it kills me. Yeah, no, I thought you were
0: i thought you were on the right side last night, TC, but that sports wagering isn't it fun? So we'll talk to Travis Dvorak at 11.05 and then get into Iowa State with Michael Swain, who's in Dallas covering Big 12 Media Days. 24-7 Sports Cyclone Alert.com. Well, as we talked about, we are going to devote uh, this final segment of our number one to talking about the 2021 Shrine Bowl. It's July the 24th, so a week from Saturday. Up at the UNI Dome, Uh, 4 o'clock is kickoff, south versus the north. And uh, we're glad to have in studio Michael Hensing, and you are the manager of the Shrine Bowl, assistant CEO, general, assistant general manager, assistant general manager of the Shrine Bowl, and the head coach of the South squad is Rob Luther from Baxter, and he also sitting in with us. So, uh, Michael, let's start with you, and let's do the the unfortunate before we get to what we're looking ahead, and that's last year. Obviously, these kids with um, you know an up op- one more opportunity in some cases uh, for for a lot of them uh, to play another football game some were going to use this maybe as a springboard to a collegiate career of some respects but had to pull the pin had to be an incredibly difficult and gut-wrenching decision going back to last year certainly was ken we had our uh,
3: our board got together a number of times trying to find a way to to make the game happen to find a way to let these kids like you said go out there and and represent their high schools represent their communities and and participate and and ultimately help us raise money but a a huge credit to to the the players and coaches and cheerleaders that were part of our program last year despite not having a game they still went out and raised a tremendous amount of money for the Shriners Hospital for Children and that'll be part of our contribution uh, from this year's game as well so we're expecting to, to to post a pretty big number and and be able to generate a lot of
0: uh, funds back for the Shriners Hospital because of that class of 2020. That's, that's awesome. And this will be, correct me if I'm wrong, the first event, football event, that you can have full capacity or as many people as want to show up, can show up. That's our understanding. That's the University good. of Northern Iowa is a, a great host. We play the game at the Uni Dome, and, yep. and we want to pack that place. Good stuff. Coach Luther, uh, you were supposed to coach the South Squad last year. You're a holdover. Um, was it you that had to tell the kids last year, or did you have to did you was there an opportunity for you to get the kids uh, all together, whether a conference call or whatever, and just break the news to them or how did that happen?
1: Coach? Yeah well, the first the, the, the tough part was we zoomed and had some meetings with the kids leading up just in case we were going to get a place so we started mm-hmm. to develop some of those relationships with those kids and even putting in some offensive and defensive stuff. Actually, Jerry and Michael let them know, but then we followed up as a staff and mm-hmm. just told them, you know just how tough things are and I know it was tough on a lot of those kids because those kids will play four years of high school graduate one of the goals a lot of times is to get that shrine bowl offer and be able to play in the summer against you know kids from all over the state so I had a kid that played for me, Cole Damon, that didn't get that opportunity, and I, I know that was tough, but mm. again, you know, they got their jersey, they got to raise some funds, they'll always say I was I was part of the Shrine yeah. game because I was selected, so you know, and I and I think we've invited a lot of those kids back up to be a part of halftime Good. or pregame this year that want to come up and be a part of the festivities. That,
0: that's awesome. Any idea, guys, and Trent and I were talking about this and Trent's behind you there, Mike, you don't have eyes in the back of your head, <laughs> but, but he is back there. Uh, we, we we discussed this. I thought that, you know, maybe 80, 90% of these kids in this game, this will be the last time that they get to you know to suit up. Um that number's my my estimation was high. Sounds like Trent's is right on the money. Yeah, I think Trent's pretty close. Um
3: you know, I think just D1 talent looking at the the roster yesterday, we have kids that will play in the Big 12, the Big 10, the MAC. Um I bet it's closer to maybe 70, 75%. Wow. Um I think just Division 1 talent alone in the state of Iowa, so Iowa State, you and I in Iowa. I I think it's sixteen or seventeen kids. This is this is my seventh or eighth year involved with the Shrine Bowl. This is the most talented roster we've ever put together. Um, uh, Rob's team is just loaded with
2: talent.
1: Oh, easy, that set set us (laughs) up for a tough one.
2: Rob, uh, with that, I got to ask you because I know we conversed a little bit. I think it was before last year, just about the selection process and what goes into it. So, uh, fill people in out there. I know a lot of people interested and. Maybe a hurt feeling. Oh, how how come kid I know wasn't selected there? But the process involved, and certainly. Around this area, we just know how much great football there is.
1: There is. There's tremendous kids, and 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 you know, we want to look at both athletic talent and, and leadership and character and some of those things. But what essentially happens is every high school football player or football coach in the state gets to nominate two players, um, and then we take a look at as a staff uh, all the players nominated, and then we're kind of directed by the Shrine to keep it even between your four A, three A, two A, one A. So you have all different levels, uh, you know, classifications of kids as well as Shrine areas. They want to make sure everyone's. Right represented so it's kind of a chess match especially in November and December when we're moving around and this kid and then it's gets really crazy from January to now kids that either got hurt or have made a different decision or didn't can't play and we're just filling all the time so you know um, we have a couple schools that have a couple kids on it and that's how that happens so I think people look and go well why did why do you have two kids from Dowling well because we had an open spot it's April and we call out to coach Wilson and say hey you got a second kid that we can we can get on so um, And I know Paul has a couple kids from Cedar Falls. So mm-hmm. it, it just happens because you want to fill your rosters.
0: Any idea how many high schools are represented?
1: Well, that's a great question, Ken. Probably
3: close to 60, 65, uh, I would so, guess.
1: Yeah, I would say at least that. of I'm thinking our our kid, I think we have 46 or 47 on our side, maybe four double schools. So you're, we're probably 40 schools ourselves.
2: It's quite the honor. I said earlier in the show today, I had a couple of buddies that got to play in the Shrine Bowl. And one thing I think that was eye-opening to them was not just the football game. For years it was on TV and you're watching it be outside of the CFL, the only summer football <laughs> that you're able to watch. But, you know, as you think about the impact here and understanding these young guys now becoming men, you know, going out into the world, going to college, whatever it is, that importance and kind of what you guys try to relay, not just on the football field but the other parts of it.
1: Yeah, go ahead, Michael.
2: I think
3: Trent, you hit it on the on the head there. We, we talk about uh, – I know Rob was on your show last year talking about some of the things that those kids missed out on, and one of the hardest things was the Friday of camp, we invite hospital patients up mm-hmm. to the Unidome, yeah. and our players have a chance to to spend two hours with them, interacting with them, learning about them, understanding the challenges they face each day, and seeing the, the impact that those kids have on, on the football players, the, the true quote-unquote celebrities of our event. Uh, it's, it's not uncommon for us months or, or even years later to get a letter that says, you know, understand the impact that that had on yeah. me. I even go back to earlier this year. We had our media day, our recognition dinner out at uh, out at the Shrine in Altoona. Um, and, and Rob might remember this, but we had a, a text the night of that event from a player that was at that event. It's their first introduction to the Shrine and understanding our mission of raising money to find you know the best health care for kids that, that need it in our community. And we had a message from one of Rob's players that identified someone in his community that needed support. Rob got that information to me. I handed it off to a Shriner. That that child, we, we don't know ultimately what happened with that kid, but we, we had them in contact with the Shriner to get the care they needed within a number of days. That's right. That, that's... That's what we're all about. That's what we're trying to do is to get those kids the care they need. And we're able to use football as as an avenue to, to raise money,
0: raise awareness, and and just improve the lives of people in our community. And that's Michael Henson speaking. Rob Luther, the head coach of the South Squad, uh, is also joining us. Well, I want to talk about one of the kids, Rob, that uh, I still haven't been able to open up that damn video. Oh. You <laughs> keep sending me. One of these times I'm, I'm going to be able to figure it out. That's not on you. That's no, piloted. you and I are not tech. Right? We're
1: direct <laughs> TV through and through. I'm and, not streaming anything.
0: And are not changing. Changing, I'm guessing <laughs> no uh, so so tell me about this kid Treshawn Willis uh, pretty special s- story um, why don't you share
1: it it, it really is uh, so Treshawn's high school coach is our defensive coordinator was a Washington High school just took the head job at Liberty in Iowa City uh, James Harris but so we met and he says, hey, you know, I, the kid I have is going to go to Grandview. I think he's going to be a linebacker, but he's an awfully good quarterback. Let's take a look. So he shows up, the, the highlight, the huddle film. I, I had seen that he was an All-State kid. I'd never put eyeballs on him. And I'm watching five or six plays, truly. And I've coached for quite a while, and coach says, you see anything special about him? I said, well, he can throw it a ton. He runs downhill. He goes, no, look again. And he plays with one arm he has two he has a disability. I hate using the word because he do, it doesn 't seem like a disability, but truly, the quarterback in our game will be a one arm player that if you 've not seen this kid um, I, I know coach Woodley loves him he 's going over to Grandview as a lot of our kids are uh, i 'm excited i 've met with him uh, in zoom i 've talked to him multiple times about our offense what a quality young man uh, he plays basketball does does the whole gamut um, and it just proves I think in this game you know what there are there are no limitations we just we just just keep pushing and try to make yourselves better in every chance you get.
2: And a heck of a recruiting job there for Coach
1: Woodley because – didn't he have a Division One offer to Liberty? He did. He did. And uh, How about Woodley, I tell you, man, Coach Woodley, I, I, and it just happened on our side. I, you know, when you're reaching out about kids, I have a couple contacts, so I would talk to Coach Woodley from time to time. You know, you, you've recruited all these kids. What do you think? I mm-hmm. talked to Coach Jeter at Simpson, and it just landed. I think we may have seven or eight Grandview kids, and he's got wow. some players. I mean, both of our quarterbacks, uh, Tate Stein Smith from ADM, mm-hmm. who's going to Grandview's playing for Good us. Uh, Jordan Lawrence is a is a unbelievable. He is a find, this kid up from Comanche. Uh, j- jumps out of the gym, has great hands. Uh, he- he's phenomenal wide receiver for us. So there's some named kids that they've recruited. Grandview's been on, but people that watch the game would say, Where's that kid been? I have no idea who he is. It's pretty special. You
0: know, Michael, uh, I want to give uh, pay some attention to this, too, and I, I didn't realize this until you mentioned it. It's more than just the football players. Cheer squad's going to be a part of it as well, which I think is great. That the that you guys it's it's more. You branch out and try and get everybody involved. Certainly, can. We want to make uh, create as much awareness as possible. We have uh, our cheer
3: coaches this year from Liberty High School in Iowa City. We've got a cheer squad. I think it's about forty eight uh, to fifty. Um, boys and girls that are going to do an excellent job. They'll be part of the pregame entertainment. They'll have a halftime show, and they're involved in camp. They check in next Tuesday uh, Hmm. to put together their routine. Um, We we really want to make this a statewide event to pull as many people and, 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 again, create as much awareness as we can about our mission. Coach, when do you get there? When do this? We go.
1: Uh, we go Saturday. So in two days, uh, we'll head to, head to camp. We're there a day, and then everybody else comes in on Sunday. So we'll have eleven practices and six, seven days with the kids. So how
0: much have you done via Zoom? You mentioned last year you were Zooming. You start work with the defense and the offense. Have you done any of that, knowing that you'll actually get practice time with them?
1: Yeah, I I, I use the 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 analogy that it's not baseball and basketball where you can kind of have an all-star game and just roll the ball out and play football's a little different it's a physical it's a violent violent great sport but you have to prepare for it you uh you better have an offense you better have a defense the terminology so we've we've zoomed we've had staff meetings i just sent out another youtube video to our offense just because we're going to signal in plays and go no huddle and there's a lot the more they can get on the front end we'll be able to move a little faster on the 11 practices.
2: So, Luther, are you going to be 4-3 base and working out of the spread? What's what's the offense going to look like?
1: Brian Pozzetti
2: offense I assume. Well, we
1: talked about his. His is so intricate and so good, I couldn't follow it after (laughs) meeting with him for two hours. But (laughs) my first trip, really my first goal will be to try to make sure I have 11 guys out on the field. So it's been four years since I've coached the 11 main game. So I've got the guys behind me saying, make sure we have all 11 guys out there. But uh, I have known nothing about defense. I hope we get a a couple stops and a couple turnovers, but we're going to be spread. We'll, we're going to get the ball in a lot of kids' hands. We're going to throw it around and have some fun.
0: Did you miss coaching that? To, I mean, What's the biggest difference is what?
1: Uh, I think the to me, the biggest difference is on the defensive side that you there's just not a lot you can do. You better man up and hope your guys are better mm-hmm. and faster. You can isolate players on offense a whole lot easier. There there's just not a lot of schemes defensively you can run. So it you know it, it's a faster uh, game. You can break things. Obviously, there's no safety on the roof. If you can get five mm-hmm. or six, you're probably getting sixty. Uh, it's a great fun offensive game, kind of like the indoor the barnstormers uh-huh. type of game. But I miss the eleven man game. I'm excited to get a week of it and get back to it a little bit.
2: Are we trending towards the direction, so for this year, we're going to another class of high school football, 5A. They didn't do the separation. Some people were anticipating with the big schools and kind of having that socioeconomic be a piece of it. You guys down in eight player, though, I had heard for the longest time that the next change was going to be two classes of a player how close are we getting to that
1: i think we were really close this last time on a couple com- i'm on a couple committees um i think the only worry because we're growing we're the largest class and there is a pretty big disparity yeah. between 120 beds and 60 beds but every class can say that um, i think class a had a pretty big voice in saying well wait a minute if we go to two eight man classes you up that beds number a little bit we may lose more a schools that would come down and we don't want to lose that real small school football so i think there working through that. I think we're really close. It may or may not happen, but it's definitely in conversation, Trent.
0: Mm, Rob Luther, uh, head coach of the South, Michael Hensing uh, from the Shrine Bowl. Michael, let's uh, make sure we um, do the 4-1-1, put the info out there. Uh, so we know the game is on the 24th. It's coming up a week from Saturday. It's 4 o'clock. Uh, tickets are available, etc. Why don't you, um, you know, take as much time as you want to make sure everybody knows? Sure. Tickets are available at
3: iowashrinebowl.org. Uh, $11 in advance. You can also buy them at the Unidome the day of the game. Uh, $15 mm-hmm. at the Door. game will be televised by Mediacom, um, also streamed online uh, at Mediacom, MC22.com. Uh, and then you can also watch it on our Shrine Bowl website. We'll be streaming it this year uh, on that site as well. Um, we surely want to invite as many people up to Cedar Falls as possible. Um, our goal is to, to raise... Uh, Uh, typically $100,000, that's our goal. And we think we're well on on our way to meeting that goal this year and hopefully uh, planning to fly right past it. Um, And then also create awareness, uh, create an understanding of the how we're helping uh, people in our community mm-hmm. that that need that support. Uh, we have a, a tremendous new partnership with Blank Children's Hospital. Where we have two Shriners uh, doctors that are actually at Blank now, supporting people in our community. Typically, a lot of our patients would go up to the Twin Cities or over to Chicago. Now we're able to support those uh, those people in our community.
0: Mm. Well, look at I'll speak personally. My my dad was a Shriner, and uh, the the work that he and all of the rest of um, you know his group did. It's for the kids, and, and I think they get it. Because my you know, dad got to it probably in his 50s and 60s and was still doing it when he passed. But I think he gets as much kick out of it as as the kids do, the Shriners and their involvement. Absolutely. You know, uh, personal
3: experience, I, I joined for the, the fun side of it. And then my first Shrine Bowl, I went up there, and, and uh, like I said, seven or eight years ago, I walked into the Dome not really knowing what to expect. I'm a football fan. I was excited yeah. to be part of the Shrine Bowl. Uh, there was a little kid uh with a prosthetic leg kick and field goals at the uni dome I, awesome. I, I hope that kid's still kicking field goals somewhere <laughs> right. today it's it was just so cool to see him interact and show these you know big strong super athletes in our in our state that yeah. i can do this too
0: yeah, that's great so when practice rob talk about uh uh you get 11 practices how, how many how how will you go you will you can't do two a days or anything we, like
1: we that? are are I, you the, the shrine kind of sets the schedule for us they're 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 pared down. We're not going to take anybody to the ground during practice. We're going to be pretty, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hands off just for these kids Mm -hmm. and trying to stay as safe as we can. But uh, you know, there's practices. We get two and a half hours. There'll be a couple other times we'll go out for an hour, fifteen hour, twenty. So uh, we've met as a staff trying to plan out what we want that to look like. But what we've said when when you got guys and I I know the North has Cooper DeGene at quarterback. We got the two I recruits (laughs) at defensive end out of Bowie, Llewellyn from Irwindale. They're going to have a little fun against each other. (laughs) Just let them go. I mean, we don't want to overcoach. Yeah. We don't want to overcomplicate things. We just want those guys to be the spotlight, have some fun, uh, and, and play the game that they love. How
0: many Hawks
3: and Clones are in this game?
1: Uh, Michael will know for sure I, the exact numbers. Yeah, I'm
3: an Iowa alum, so I, I know we have eight Hawkeyes. Uh, really excited yeah. about that. I think there's four or five Cyclones, and I think six Panthers. That's great. Uh, loads of talent. On I know we got a
1: couple other D1 kids, a Northern uh, Illinois kid. Um, so I know we got some other D1 kids that are out of the state. And I said earlier, I think it's awesome. We got a kid named Cole Watts from Montezuma who's near to my heart because as we play against them, he's an eight-man kid. It's going to be so awesome. These kids like to come in and put themselves and up against compete, the Dowling kid yes. and the Valley kid yeah. and see what see what's happening there. Mm-hmm. I know they just you know they're going to find out. Hey, really, I'm on the same playing field athletically as a lot of these kids. I just had different opportunities, but that's exciting too from a coaching no side. No
0: question about it. Well, guys, twenty uh, fourth of July, four o'clock. Give that website one more time, Michael, where you can get tickets. Yeah, visit org,
3: Or also check out our Facebook, uh, Facebook page, Iowa Shrime We've got a, a silent auction we're going to post details on today. We've got a signed football from Coach Campbell. Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs has nice. uh, donated a picture. Kurt Warner, one of our most famous alums, yeah. uh, has also donated a signed picture. So we're really excited to auction those things off as well.
0: So, so Rob, uh, last thing. Uh, the kids that, that are playing in this that maybe... The thought is this is the last time i 've got a chance to go out and show what I can do on a football field? Is there any chance that you know some of these guys that don 't have uh, an option right now to go on and play collegiate football? any chance that you know some eyeballs might be in the stands that you know give a kid that didn't think he was going to get that chance an opportunity maybe not a scholarship but a foot in the door
1: absolutely I I think a couple ways one sometimes the kids come up there they think they're done and they get a little juice back in them and they start realizing hey I can really play at a pretty high level I think the UNI staff will have eyeballs on kids Uh up there whether it may be D3 or some of those coaches that come up on Saturday and I think it's easy to just reach out and say hey I see you were just going to go to school at Iowa State late in the game what about coming over to Wartburg Mm -hmm. what about coming over to Simpson College I, I think that that opportunity is still there
0: you're wearing your iowa state visor you pumped up
1: oh man nine and a <laughs> half that's a big number but uh number. <laughs> maybe we can get to 11
0: yeah we'll see and of course when you're an iowa alum you're looking forward to september 11th and run that streak campbell's yet to beat him. I'm well aware of that. I remind all my friends. <laughs> Michael, uh, Michael Hensing from the Shrine Bowl. Rob Luther, the head coach of the South Squad. Uh, good luck with the event, fellas. Glad it's happening this year again. Um, circumstances last year were awful for everybody. This uh, The Shrine Bowl was just uh, another in the long list, sadly, of casualties in 2020. Best of luck, fellas. Michael, thank you. Thank you, Ken. Good to talk to you, Coach.
1: Always, Kenny. Yeah, thanks, thanks Trent. Trent. Yep, good seeing you guys. Uh, we'll
0: take a time out again. Uh, Travis Dvorak is going to kick off our number two. He's from Wild Rose Casino. Uh, Michael Swain will go Go live to Dallas and talk to Michael Swain on Big 12 Media Days. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. bets off. Back to Miller and Cotton on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. All right, so welcome back. Final minute or so of our number one. Our thanks to Michael Hensing from the Shrine Bowl and Rob Luther, the head coach of the South Squad, uh, wish all the participants uh, the very best next week as they will uh, get there uh, on Sunday for the teams, get some practicing in, and the event uh, kicks off, or goes at 4 o'clock next Saturday if you're in the area, if you're looking for something to do. It is football, high school football, uh, and great that uh, all of those classes getting together, especially after last year, Trent, we had mm-hmm. so many heartbreak so much Um in so many areas, but this was just another one.
2: I love looking at the rosters, seeing names of kids sure. that i got to know and yeah. call their high school careers and see uh, them finishing up as high schoolers as they move on to college. And also, on the Shrine Bowl website, org. there's also a link there for donations. and certainly oh, good. would be a great help if you have the ability to help out.
0: All right, coming up in the second hour of the program, Travis Dvorak from Walsh. will kick it off. Uh, we will head to Dallas. Michael Swain covers Iowa State for CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 sports. Do a good hit on the Cyclones coming up here at about 11.20. Miller and Condon with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106.3 FM.